Hey, sports dads, are you ready for the best combination of fatherhood and football talk? Well, let's go. It's that time to have a conversation about fatherhood and football and relation. Ready, set, hut, grab your kids and huddle up. We might get deep, but just run it up the gut. So put your jersey on and clap for the home team. It's the dance thing, yeah, you know what I mean. So tell a friend to tune in if you heard me. To the best show in town every Thursday. Fatherhood and football, it's a dance thing. Fatherhood and football, it's a dance thing. Fatherhood and football, it's a dance thing. Fatherhood of football. Welcome to a Dad's Thing podcast, Fatherhood and Football. I am James Simmons, your in-studio host dad of two amazing daughters. I'm a former middle school, high school, and college football coach, as well as a former wide receiver at D1AA Fordham University in the Bronx. Today we are joined by Coach Vince Sinagra. Coach Sinagra has been a football coach and administrator for over 40 years. This has included most recently chief of staff in 2019 for Georgia Tech. Coach was Fordham University's defensive coordinator during the 94-97 seasons. Coach played professionally in the World Football League and Canadian Football Leagues after his collegiate career at Rhode Island. Coach and his wife, Elise, are enjoying a well-deserved retirement after many years dedicated to the development of young men. Coach Thank you and welcome to the show. My pleasure, man. Good seeing you, man. It, it's like it's like yesterday. Like you're only missing a good dreadlocks. I, <laughs> I just can't. I still can't picture you with the ball head like mine. See, I got a reason. You can still grow yours, but I got a reason. I can get. Well, I'm, I'm getting there and I got a new reason. I've got two girls that are keeping me on my toes and yeah. um, if you've seen them online and yeah. they've got uh, heads full of hair and I think they've mm-hmm. taken it from dad because this is about as far <laughs> as it goes. So I get the buzzers out and um, I just uh, let it go. So, That's man, great. you know, it, it's funny, like you said, it's just like yesterday. You know, we talked last week, and before I can even say hi, you're like, oh, my man, James Simmons, in that deep Barry Manilow <laughs> voice you got, and um, calling out plays that you remember from back in the days, and it is like it was just yesterday. Yeah. And, and I got to say, man, you just make my heart feel so warm to remember 27 years ago, you know what I mean? But that's the great thing about this game of football. It has given us relationships um, that last a lifetime. And there's special moments that we remember. So I just want to thank you for that, Coach. And I don't know, it's, it's something about defensive guys uh, in my life because I, I don't know if you knew this, but coming out of high school, I got my first start um, in the 10th grade. Um, the defensive coordinator said, hey, I need Jimmy um, over here to cover some of these guys as a cornerback. And he pulled me over and no one thought I can do it. You know, you know, you, you know how big I am, five foot five, 130 yeah. nothing pounds. But he said, <laughs> we need him to cover. And that was my start to football, you know, and then yeah. I come to Fordham and um, you kind of take me under your wing and just, just yeah. appreciate it. Cause I felt yeah. like, I'm like, I just need to belong. And you really made me feel welcome. So thanks coach. Appreciate it. Uh, we had a ball, man. That, that's, you know, you know, everybody always says I, I've been around since retirement. I've, I've been a couple of different functions where I've had numerous ex-players of mine or whether weddings or whatever. And they all say, coach, thank you for the things. You, and you know what? I, I thank them back because you guys did as much for me and for us uh, to make to make it go, because 
you know, it's it, it, like I always say, if you if you as a coach think you're the difference between winning and losing, then you better go sell books or something or do something else because it, it's those dudes that play for you. It's those dudes that you get ready uh, during the week on Saturday, go out and perform. Yeah, coaches have a lot to do with what happens, but, you know, you're the guys that make it really happen. So I, I thank you guys. It's, it's important. And what you said earlier about, you know, uh, going back 27 years and the friendships and the kinships that you make, uh, I was fortunate this year. I was able to go to the University of Rhode Island's homecoming. The first time I've been back in 41 years because I was always coaching. Right. And just like you said, you know, I met guys that I played with that it was just like it was just like yesterday. Bang, we're right there busting on each other. You missed that tackle. If you had done that, we would have had more sacks. You know, <laughs> and it, it never ends. Yeah. No matter how big you think you get in this business or how low you think it, it never ends. Because once with your with your boys, it just goes right back to where it all started. And that's the best thing about this football gig because you know everybody watches you as you play, but playing is is just part of it. You know, as a, as a high school kid, the, the friendships that you make and the lessons that you learn will last your lifetime, you know, because the things you learn in the football field, and you know this, I'm not preaching to the choir here, the things that you learn, whether it's a fourth and one or, or, or an offensive, my wife says, you live your life in fourth and one. And I yeah. say, hon, there is no gray area. You right. either make it or you stop it. There you go. If you can't do those two things, then you start all over again. But the lessons that you learn in the locker room, you know, going to practice, walking to practice, putting your pads on, busting on one another, it will last you a lifetime. Because once you get in the real world and you start having family and businesses and you have people working for it, those are the things that get you through. I, one thing I've always said to many guys wherever I've been, I said, look, there's going to be one day you're going to be sitting in a board meeting. You'll be sitting in front of the table. There'll be 15, 20 people waiting on every beta word and beta breath that you, you take. And they're going to expect this big, long, you know, intro, whatever. And all of a sudden you're going to start laughing. And they don't know what you're laughing, but you're going to think about something that happened on the, in the locker room, something that happened on the field that some coach got after you about, and something that happened on the bus ride to a game. Or, or it, and, and that's what makes you you, and that's what makes you special, and that's what makes life what it is after football. Because if you think it's just all the great plays you made and all the tackles you missed, no, that's that's the learning process. That's the that's that's the journey, but you know, until you get to it, and then you remember those things, and it just gets you through the day, man. No matter, no matter how how hard those girls drive you during the day, <laughs> at the end of the day, you just think about the great things that have happened in your life, and that's that's a big part of it. You know? De definitely, it, and it, you know, great. I I can so relate to what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, being in day to day life, and whether it's business or whether it's with the kids. You know, I always look at it as, as this. One of the greatest things that football has taught me is for every play you run, you can run it two or three different ways, depending on what the defense is doing, right? I've got to make an adjustment. And that has helped me in my career because I've worked in a field where, you know, it can be volatile sometimes, you know, working sure. with some folks that are not sure if they want to do the right thing or do the wrong thing. Yeah. And in a split second, I got to make a business decision. Do I need to chase after this person or I need yeah. to call some backup? So yeah. Um, yeah. definitely has helped me in my everyday life, you know, and the lessons that I've learned um, yeah. have been invaluable. And the people, you know, I was just talking to my, my sophomore year roommate and I mean, we were just giggling and laughing and felt like two kids, you know what I mean? So the game has been good to me. The game has yeah. been good to me. Um, so thanks for sharing that. And I saw those pictures, you being able to go back to uh, homecoming oh, and you with the I fellas, it was what. like, you guys are just like kids again. 
it, it was, and one of them got a chance, uh, Peter Woodward, a guy that I was instrumental in recruiting here from Lee's McCray Junior College. He was out of DC. Uh, you know, we, we got to be really close. And uh, after Sunday night, he came over, Lizzie made pizza. And uh, we, just, we just shared, you know, stories with just, you know, family and things. And uh, it's great. Uh, you know, one thing I learned in, in, in this is, you know, you're never going to become the richest man in the world doing, you know, football stuff. You're never going to mm-hmm. the memories and, and the riches that you make from friendships and, and, and mo- uh, moments that you've shared and, uh, you know, just different things that happen, like we said earlier, throughout the process of, of being on a football team and being a part of something special because football is the only game and I can't, you know, I'm sure I get a lot of criticism on this, but to me, and I'm probably prejudiced towards football, let's not, yeah. but football is the only game that if 11 guys don't do what they're supposed to do, that, that inside zone is not going to work if the guards pull You know, the outside zone is not going to work if everybody goes the opposite way from where the ball's being handed. So that's the only, that's the only sport where everybody has to mechanically work from, from the get-go, from the snap of the ball to your step right, step left, whatever the case. Because if you don't, it's not, some, something's going something's gonna to go haywire. Well. So, from a basketball guy, because that was where my heart was when I was younger, mm-hmm. before I came to Fordham and, sure. and played some football, um, I was told it was the ultimate team sport, football. Yeah. And I didn't understand it because I wasn't a student of the game. I didn't study it the yeah. way I learned to study it once I got to college. But you're mm-hmm. absolutely right. You know, you need that guy to snap the ball to the quarterback. The quarterback's yeah. got to hand the ball off to the next guy. And everybody's got to be attempting to get a good block yeah. to make things exactly. work. You know what I mean? So exactly. definitely the ultimate team sport. I want to ask you a couple questions back, sure. going a little bit back, because sure. I know, you know, from our Florida Love days it. and moving forward, because I've been, you know, it's just been a blessing to follow you, you know, online and, <laughs> and see how guys are doing. I remember you had your head coaching job. We, we were able to talk a little bit. Um, yeah. But what was football like for you in the beginning? You know, how did you get hooked? You know, because, you know, 50 <laughs> some odd years later, something had to bite you. You know, it's funny. Uh and I, I'm going to talk about this. I, I've been fortunate to be inducted into my high school Hall of Fame. Congratulations. And in a couple of weeks, they're going to have uh, some kind of function. I get to see a lot of the guys. But one thing, uh, I came over from Sicily when I was eight years old. And my sport was soccer. But I was always a big old chubby dude. You know, and I'm, being, I, I'm, <laughs> being, I'm being good to myself, yeah. calling myself chubby. I yeah. was bordering on obese and eventually did become obese. But... Uh, I knew soccer and I was always a goalie. So when I came to this country, that's all I, I knew how to, how to do. And I moved from every Massachusetts to Brooklyn, New York. My father found employment as a dock worker for many, many years in, uh, in the Red Hook section of Brooklyn. So in junior high school, you know, I'm working at the grocery store, delivering groceries. And a guy that lived on my block, and in fact, I just talked to him, uh, called him a little while ago, uh, he said to me, you know, the Utrecht High School is having tryouts. Why don't you go for the tryouts? I said, you know, I don't know. It's too much work. I can't run. I can't do this. And you don't realize, but the moments in your life, like we talked about, the moments that change your life and when it happens. Right. And I remember like it was yesterday, Jerry and I were sitting outside and then my buddy, Philly Katz, who was another very good friend of him, he came on and said, yeah, man, we're going to do it. Why don't you do it with us? Mm-hmm. And so we did it. And I was the, you know, I was a 5'11", 303 pound, fat Italian kid that ate more than he should have, ran less, you know, I didn't, I didn't run, I didn't work out, but that was, that was the, the whole beginning of me understanding being pushed, 
uh, you know, being directed, being uh, the fact that you had to make sacrifices because other people count and depend on you. And finally, after the season, my JV season was over, uh, you know, the high school coach said to me, listen, you got two choices. You either drop 40 pounds and get in shape or you can't come out for the varsity. And I never forget, it was like somebody took a hundred pound rock and dropped it in my head because at that point, I've been bitten by the bug. I mean, I like the physical contact. I like the fact that people counted on me to run behind me. As slow as I ran, at least I gave them some kind of cover. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But but it was, it was wow, I like this. Yeah. I mean, I got to be someplace at practice, and then we do this, 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 and then we're in a locker room. We lift a little bit of weights that we have that, you know, guys brought from home. And then we go, you know, we walk home and bust each other's stones for 30 minutes or whatever it was. I like that. And, you know, for my neighborhood, what you did when, when you were young, you didn't think about school sports after school. You went from high school and then you had to go, for, you know, go to work. Unfortunately for me, my mom and dad were progressive enough that they didn't speak any English. We came from the other side. I would say to them, I want to do this. And my father said, is it going to help you? And I said, because we came here because he wanted us to get an education, my sister and I. And I said, I think so. They didn't understand. You know, my, my parents, all my mother knew she washed a lot of dirty clothes. You know, and she they never came to a game. And I understood because they worked hard. They, they, they were working and doing. But I got that bug. And then I started working out with my guys. And I started seeing a transformation. I said, oh, this is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And now I can move. Now I can do things. And, and, and that's where it all started. And then from that point on, the love just became stronger. And, and, and the love affair became stronger because not just do you love the, the guys you play with, but then your coaches play a very big part. And I didn't realize how they, they can change your life or, or, or they, they can either make your life miserable or they can make your life good. Because, listen, I've had both types of coaches and I've worked with both types of coaches. And the good ones are far and few between. And the bad ones, there's a lot of bad ones because they all think you twirl the whistle and you blow the whistle and make sure coach and you wear your hat on backwards, which is still one of my pet peeves about that wearing it backwards. That's not, that's not the way you do it. Yeah. Because to me, I always approach coaching as a teacher. I would say to recruits parents, look, I'm a teacher. My classroom is a, a hash field, grass or turf or sometimes dirt. And that's what we teach. Yeah, we have a little bit of stuff in the you know, meeting rooms and stuff, but then we progress to outside and that's where the action happens, you know? And people looked at you differently when you explain it like that because, you know, people back in the day, they just had a, you know, the idea of a coach, a gym teacher, you know, just blows the whistle and throw, rolls the ball. No, it's a heck of a lot more than that because, you know, you have no idea what you do because you, we threw, you went through our process and, and the Nick Cortaro process, which I, to this day I love. I'm one of the best dudes I ever worked with. Yeah. I love him to death, as yeah. you know. But, you know, one thing that you learn is that when people start relying on you mm -hmm. and expecting you, you tend to put more pressure on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And that pressure helps you expand your mind, expand your body, and expand your attitude to say, wow, that's pretty good. Now, picture that in your mind and a coach developing those that you have how great is that you know because as coaches we see you more than any teacher at a college or a school because in high school you went to school from nine o'clock to when at one o'clock okay in college monday wednesday and friday you class three hours a day on tuesday and thursday you're in there for three hours a day the rest of the day you're either lifting weights 
you're either you know doing something with us. So the 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 rest of the time you're with your coaches, and if that guy or that coaching staff is not a good one that promotes mm-hmm. you to become better, first a better person, right, right. student, better person, better because without those fundamentals, without God, family, you know, and football, without those three, and that's the way I always look at it. You you can't be a good you can't be good at what you do. And it's not a self, it's not a selfish thing. Yeah, it's yeah. a selfless thing because in order to be a great football player, a great athlete, you first have to be a great teammate. Because once you're a great teammate, you lead by example, you do things where people aren't watching you the right way, not when they're watching you, and you always set an example for other people. And then when those things are done and you get those guys to follow you and follow your example that's when you become a great football player because now you're able to accomplish all those goals and you put all that motivation to work. But, you know, the, the, the coaches are the igniter. They, they, either, they either get that fire under your butt or, or they, they, they turn you off. And you never want to be the dude that turns you off because that's going to affect you the rest of you. Because I know there's guys out there, in my case, hopefully not too much, but I know there's a lot of guys out there that are pissed at some of their coaches while well, they didn't help you get here, get there. And that's not a coach's job is not to tell coaches where kids can play. A coach's job is to motivate that kid to become the best, especially when I was at prep school, Milford Academy. My job every year was to get 55, 60 kids in school, right. whether it be division three, division two, division one, and in the big schools. So I knew what these kids were going through. So it wasn't my job to promote one over the other. His athletic ability promoted himself over the other. And parents would say to me, why is this kid getting the action? Well, man, don't take this wrong, man. But, you know, your son's 5'11", 220 pounds. This kid's 6'5", and 300. He's got 18 offers from Division One school. There's a difference. And as a coach, you have to be a little bit of a politician, but not to the point where you uh, you lose your, your, your morals and, and start lying. No, you can't do that. Parents have to be told straight up. If he's not a Division One player coming into a prep school or coming in somewhere, he's not going to be a, a Division One player leaving because size is size, speed is speed, and athleticism is athleticism. These are three things that you're either born with or you or you have a little bit of it and you develop it to the next level to where you become what you become. So, you know, but I, maybe I, I prolonged the answer, no. but that's where my genesis of the whole thing came from. And there's no better sport because to me, it saved my life. Yeah. It made me who I am today because. If it wasn't for those two dudes, get butt to you know to to try out, I would have. God knows, I would have been. Yeah. You know, hopefully, hopefully on the right side of yeah. Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brooklyn yeah. Anyway. Well, I mean, you said a whole, you said a lot, Coach, and I appreciate everything you said. And we'll touch on a couple other things, but a little mm-hmm. positive peer pressure, right, from your mm-hmm. friends to say, "Hey, yeah. Vin, come come try out." And then yeah. you had a coach, you know, who was yeah. honest with you and said, yeah. this is what you need to do to get to where yeah. you want to get to. And yeah. we all need that a little positive, a little cheerleading going on yeah. uh, and, and folks yeah. that are going to be honest to us in our lives. Because, you know, had it not been for my high school coach, like I don't I don't know if you know this, but my junior year, I busted my ankle um, in the sixth game of the season. So I missed like four weeks of my junior year. And as I say, I tell everybody I was a basketball guy. I wasn't mm-hmm. going to let that happen to me again. I missing. saw you play at the Lombardi yeah. Center. I knew, I knew you had some boots. <laughs> so I, I did not want to miss any more games because I missed about four or five games in the basketball season because of this injury. So my senior year, I did not go out for the football team. And my coach, you know, three weeks into it, I missed a couple games. said, Jimmy, your future is in football, and this is why. 
you know, so he spoke some truth into my life because really how many schools are, uh, you know, recruiting five foot six, you know, point guards, you know, to lead their team. Right. So my high school guidance counselor also told me this is not the time to skimp on the education. You need to go yeah. where you can get the best education. Um, and if football is going to help you get there, that's what you need to do. So I listened to those folks because they spoke truth to my life. And I wouldn't be where I'm at today if I was trying to pursue some basketball career. Um, I really don't think so. So um, those are important. And, you know, one of the other things I wanted to ask you, you know, as you were mentioning, um, either you are 6'5 or you run a 4'4", 4, 440. 4, um, as a college coach, right, and we have fathers that are listening, you know, maybe have some hopes and dreams of their mm -hmm. kids may, maybe playing at a different level. You know, what's the advice that you would give to some dads, you know, as far as what their kids and what they should be looking for um, when they're going to school? For, first of all, don't ever let anybody tell you that your son can't do something or your daughter can't do something because I don't have that in my vocabulary. You know, uh, I, I've got a, a special needs uh, niece of mine that, has struggled through, she's 33 now, has struggled through life. And you know what? She's overcome a ton of stuff. Yeah. So whenever I, I, I coached anywhere and I always had a kid, well, you know, this hurts or that. And, and I would I would just want to take that kid and say, do you understand that there's people out there that would love to be you, to have the skills that you do? So I don't believe that you can't do something. If you want to, you try hard enough. You, you knock down buildings, you knock down mountains to get through it. But the advice I've always given parents is, listen, don't don't let anybody tell your kid can't do it. First of all, second of all, there is a school or a program for everybody. Mm -hmm. Now, not well, most parents don't want to hear my kids not going to be a scholarship player, but that's okay because there's a lot of Division three schools. You know, we, up here in New England, we've got. Uh, tremendous academic schools, you know, the Williams and all these different places that you can go play eight, nine games a year, get a great education, leave there and get a great job and have a great athletic experience. Now, and then there's other schools where you can go in a division three school that maybe is not as good academically, but your son, because he, he either belongs there academically or athletic, he's going to have a great experience. You never want to put a kid in a position where he's going to fail. Right. Because when you start falling down, there's only so many times a kid's going to get up and believe what you're telling him. He's got to have success. And if you ever put a kid, and I went through this again at Milford Academy because I had a lot of parents who said, well, my kid, he's not. He can't do it. Listen to me. He can't. And then the kid will go there, and three weeks later, he's home. That's not the goal. That's not the good. The goal is to find a school that your son is going to be happy and do well and matriculate. And first of all, get a great education. Mm -hmm. Secondly, have a great social experience. And third, be the best football player you can be, whether it's the division three, division two, division. It does not make a difference because you know what? When you score a touchdown at the division one level, the noise is really deafening. When you score a touchdown at the division three level, you know what? There's still noise there. You feel good. You look and your parents are clapping. Everybody's clapping. You're going to have a great tailgate after the game. You know, enjoy that because just like we said at the beginning of the program, the, the lessons that you learn doing those things will carry you through life and family and business. And, all. and to, that's the advice I've always given. Don't give up because somebody says to you, you know, your kid can't do this. I've had a lot of experiences like that where I've had to tell families, look, he might not be able to do it here, but here's a place you should go to and see what happens after that. You never let a kid down and say, hey, 
the bottom just fell out of the kid because how's he going to pick himself back up? Right. How's he going to go back to high school and expect that kid to finish and get a, you know, uh, and have a great experience, first of all, in the senior year and get an education? It's not, you'd never want to tear anybody down because as soon as you tell somebody, somebody like yourself, if you looked at you coming out of high school, this kid can't, what, what are we going to do? He's going to get killed. We play against corners at Lehigh and Lafayette. They were 6 2 and ran it. But you know what? Jimmy was beating them and got behind him. We were able to get the ball to him. And was Jimmy the greatest blocker on, on the perimeter? Yeah, because you know what? Whether he blocked you or not, he got in your way and was able to give his buddy a chance to run by and do what he was supposed to do. So you're a prime example of that. Because how many people would say, oh, you're too small to this? But your basketball coach was right. Maybe you couldn't be a good basketball player because of the height factor. Mm -hmm. That's very important. But mm -hmm. in football, it was great. Yeah. It works out. There's a place for everybody, and kids should never be told that they can't do something. Because once you tell them that, it's like the beginning of the end for a lot of them. Because you know, kids aren't as tough and as strong as they used to be. And I don't want to sound like I'm the crotchety, uh, you know, curmudgeon from a uh, hundred years ago. But that's just the way things are today. They have to be told what to do, how to do it, and why they're doing it. Because if they don't know those things, they're never going to explore. Because, well, you know, why, why am I doing Give me an answer. Well, you have to. It's just like a coach who comes in and says, Coach, I don't think that play is going to work. Okay, great. I, I'm with you. But what do you, what do you, what do you suggest that we should do? Don't come in my office and say, this isn't going to work if you don't have a plan a for me to yes. make it work. The solution. You know? But that's, that's the advice. I, I, I love that. You know, there's a place for everybody, right? You don't want to sacrifice your academic ability because the truth of the matter mm -hmm. is how many folks are making it to the pros anyway right so we exactly. have to be realistic in that and, sure. and plan b's mean a lot right you know yeah. uh, my plan a was to get my education the plan b was sure. to use football to do that um yeah. but there's a place go go where folks want you yeah. right academics the social experience um yeah. and and just having a good you know uh, opportunity to play football you know yeah. I, with a lot of the young folks that i work with today you know i remember being on a job interview and he said you know what if this kid said they wanted to be an international dj um it's not my job to crush that goal my thing is to say what are you doing right now to be able to get there you know are you going to the clubs are you listening to the latest music are you working on your skills to be able to do this hey then you have a fighting chance but if you're not doing anything that's a whole different ball game so i'm not a dream crusher so i appreciate that from you coach um you know being positive giving kids something to look forward if, to if, if you're not dreaming about something that you want to accomplish and and as as a young uh, i would i talk to this day i still tell kids if you love football the minute you get up it's on your mind the minute you get up and do breakfast you're eating your cereals whether it's checks uh you know rice checks or or or, or uh What's those little the Cheerios and you see those circles? Wow, that looks like a football. You got to think because you know what? If you dream it, it might not be the one that you want, but at least you're going to achieve it. And that's the you know, that that's the important part of it. It's not it's not not getting there. It's how you get there. Once you get there, be satisfied and be happy because I've I've been around a lot of people and the team that we had at Fordham. You know, we were about this close to becoming a real tremendous program, and you were a big part of it. But there was a lot of kids that we had there that we had to develop. And if you constantly told them you weren't good, you can't do this, what do you think was going to happen? You know, if I told Jack Parasini that Hall you can't go you can't go and play football, he would have punched me in the face. And one time I think he wanted to because I don't know if you remember this, and I think it was your, your junior, senior year, 
you know, his shoulders hanging down to the ground and we're playing. I, I thought it was Lafayette or something. It, I mean, his shoulders dragging. And I said, get out of here. And I, I yanked him out. He went, no, I'm not coming. I'm not coming. And, and you know what I said? Okay, fine. You want to do it? And we had, I mean, we came this close yeah. to the sideline with Mosley the same way. Yeah. I said, get out. I mean, we're this far away. But th those kids have learned those lessons because they, they, they taught me something. You know, if they couldn't do it, they would come out. But since they feel it, and, but I, and I, I never questioned it from that point on. So you've been around those dudes that, know them. At, at, and you've probably done it yourself because, again, if you feel you can go, man, knock, knock that stuff out. I don't care. Get it done. But I was also looking out for him. Just know that Coach Snarkwood's looking out for because some days you might have to write that big check back to Florida. Right, right, and I right. want that arm to work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's uh, that that's one of the things that I learned uh, in college, right? Because in high school, you know, you play defense, you played offense, you played special teams, you never came off the field, right? right. But the biggest step in college was is you played one way, um, and there was somebody that was breathing down your throat to get those reps. Um, yep. So, you know, there's a difference between being injured and hurt. You know, if it hurts, yep. you can, you know, just go kiss it and, yep. and get out there. You know, you're injured, that's a little something different. So those yep. were some tough guys. Uh, yep. I played with them three and four years coming in with yep. those guys. So yep. awesome yep. stuff. Wanted to yep. ask you this, Coach. You know, um, you know, I had a little bit of coaching experience. I coached with Coach Mariani up at Iona, yeah. you know, the year yep. that I left. And, you know, as a young Best. guy, one year's removed, you know, I was, I knew what my role was. My role was to teach these guys the offense because it was, everything was new, right? So to teach them the offense. But, you know, for a person like you who've had years under your belt, did you ever see your role with the kids change a little bit? You know, you mentioned, you know, mom and dad didn't come to many games, working hard, you know, and there's some of those kids, you know, I was one of those kids, mom, dad didn't come to many games. Did you ever see your role shifting to be a little bit more for some of the guys? Uh, yeah. And it's funny you should mention that because I had to walk out at four different schools or three different schools with one of my guys because his parents couldn't be there. So that was a big honor for me that I was asked that the young man asked me to do that. And I felt bad for him because I knew what it was like, you know, on a Saturday, uh, except for family day when my parents were able to come up on a Saturday. And I just had this conversation this week with somebody at the game, uh, you look in the stands and everybody's, you know, you see Tommy's parents, you see Jeff's parents, you see Cliff's parents. And then you look and, and I know why they couldn't be there. It wasn't I, that I was upset. It just, it, that's just the way it worked, you know? Uh, but it was also nice to know that those people knew that my parents weren't there. So after the game, I became part of their, their group and their family because they would invite me to dinners and, and this and that and the other. But that's important. But that's how the role changes because, each kid is different. And if you tell, if you, if somebody tries to, to give you this line, uh, they're either lying or haven't done this long. You have to teach every kid differently. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants the A students to mm -hmm. sit in the front of the row because they're easy to teach, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to talk about Johnny or Vinny, in, the, in my case, in the back in the Utrecht High School, sitting at the last row, last seat, who's a C average kid, you know, and is afraid to raise his hand because, you know, he knows he's not the smart. But I was street smart enough to know when to answer, how to answer, and how to get it done. And there's a difference between that academic smart sometimes and that street smart. Now, you combine those two things together, and you've got something special. And that's what I've always tried to do with my kids. Find out what made them tick. Find out what their special thing was or their Achilles heel. Yeah. And take care of that Achilles heel and promote the goodness in them to, to elevate them to do better. Because, you know, like I said to you earlier, 
And coach told me a story. Coach Q told me a story one time. I can't repeat it on air. But he's, <laughs> you know, it had to do with he could only you can only whip a mule so many times before he looks at and says, "Dude, go, you know, go somewhere. You know, go, don't, don't." Get, and, and that's the same way with people. If you tell somebody that they are not good long enough, they're gonna say, "Okay." And he did guys right. Or this, the per- and that's not the way it should be. So, yes, my role did change as a coach because I went more. And I always had that that that, that parental thing in me I, because I loved the guys I yeah, coached. Yeah, yeah. And they would come. And there was a special bond because I never judged. I never criticized. All I ever wanted to do was help. And by help promoting the kid to do better as he went along, it, whatever step of life. I get calls now. Uh, for you, it's great. But when you call, we talk. There's always great things. But I also get some calls of kids that are down in their, in their luck a little bit and they need something. And who do they call? They're not going to call their English professor. They're not going to call their math teacher. They're going to call somebody that they had a relationship with, you know, and, and that's what happens. They call, coach, I'm going to get married. Uh, you know, what's it like doing this and doing that? Those are great funk, but you always get that one or two that, you know, he's calling for something, but you know he just needed to hear somebody's voice. Mm-hmm. Now, he won't tell you exactly what's going on, but you know, because you know the kid there's something there and just by talking to him just very little gets that kid back to where he needs to be but that that's it's important your your voices speak so much life into us and you know a lot of people who may not know football the way we do you said it earlier you know a the relationship but we spend so much time with our you know, uh, position players, uh, with our position coaches, um, you know, studying film, like you said, working out two and a half hour, you know, practices. Mm-hmm. There's so much time that we spend with you guys yep. throughout the day that, um, you guys know before even our parents know sometimes yep. the things that were going on, especially on campus, right? Yep. There's many times I've been in the office and, and it's not even just the coaches, you know, we can talk about the support staff, you know, Pat, you know, I don't know how many times mm-hmm. I've just spilled my heart. Like, I don't know, Pat, if I yep. can make it, you know, she's like, James, you're going to be a okay. little couch and you, listen to Pat talk. You know, yeah. so all yeah. of those things matter. Um, when you have a young person that's going through lots of emotional <laughs> and mental changes in their lives and trying to find their way. Um, so yeah. I thank you coach, you know, even to this day, again, you know, I can call you whenever, you know, you always yep. got a good word. You always got yep. a joke or something, sharing something yep. that we've had in the past. Um, that means yep. a lot to me um, because that's, yep. that's the thing, you know, again, we are trying to find ourselves and it's like, am I really that important? And then you call somebody yep. and 27 years later, they're telling you, you're the handsomest guy with all that hair and all of that. I'm like, <laughs> I must've meant something, you know? Um, so thank you. And, you know, and, and I thank you for walking out with those guys, you know, on their oh, senior days, because pleasure. it was I, always I, a pleasure for me, you know, uh, you know, parents came a little bit. My dad wasn't able to come all the time. And I remember our last game home game at Fordham, it was against Townsend state. It's like a monsoon. I mean, the, the field was muddy and water all over the yeah. place. And I wasn't sure if folks were going to show up, you know, but my mom and dad both in the pouring down rain was there. And that's one of the best memories I have of my football career is yeah. them being there to see that. And I yeah. balled out. I balled out. You know, we won. You know, yeah, so that I, makes it even better. You always did. You always did. But see what you remember. You, you know, you remember the football part of it, but you also remember that special part that your parents were able to see there. Yeah. And and that's that's more important sometimes that you know than the football part because they cared. They did whatever they had to do to go see their son play. And, and my, my father came uh, to one high school game. Mm-hmm. And back in the day in Brooklyn, we used, uh, you know, one team used the same field. One played at 11, the other one played at one. So my dad took time off from work 
And I told him when to go there, but somehow, because my wife says I have selective hearing, so she must have heard the same thing. I, uh, he went and he sat through a game. And when I got home, when he got home that night, he says, I went to the game. I didn't see you. Where were you? I said, what time were you there? He said, I was there at 11. I said, we played at one. I told you one o'clock, you know, but was I upset? No, because at least he made the effort to be there, you know, and that was important. You know, I don't, I didn't care that he saw me play the effort that he made to be there and he, and he, that he was upset that he got a chance to see me. That, yeah. that was even, you know, yeah. that was even yeah. cool. You know? yeah. But those, those are things that are important. Very much so. Very much you know, so. I find my, I find myself now, and Lizzie's been through the journey with me forever, so she knows all the same people that you know I do, and and it's great to see these kids when we go to their weddings. And mm-hmm. you know, somebody said to us, we had seven or eight weddings this summer, right? And everybody, somebody said to me, uh, at her, why do you go to all these weddings? Is because we want to. He says, I don't. We don't have to go because it's not like the parents of the bride or the groom invited us. No, it was the groom that invited us. That Vinny knows they either played for me or they coached for me. And you know what? I was able to go to Tallahassee, Florida to see one of the guys, uh, one of the dudes that coached at Florida State. You know, he worked for me. Uh, we went to California to see my nephew. I went to see another one of my local. I mean, it was great. And it was great to see all the knuckleheads get back together. And now, five, six, ten years later, to see the great things that they're doing. And, and I'm looking at them going, this kid's doing this. Yeah. When I used to call in my office every day to make yeah. sure that yeah. Yeah. you know he yeah. wasn't in trouble. But that's the beauty about you know being a father, being a coach, because you see these kids develop and you say, "Wow, you know they listen. They might, they might." And they told me, "says Coach, half the time we didn't know what we were doing on the football field. You guys taught us everything, but once the lights started, went you know went on, it was like, oh man, we it was just. But you guys tried your hardest, and this was at the, at the Division three level. Yeah." But the, the fact that they remembered it and they, and they admit to that, that's only, that, that's a big old uh, yeah. admission to make to the guy that was working and trying to get to where you wanted to go. But it, it's great. It, it's a great experience. It's a great life. It's a great journey. And I, I've had nothing but fun, man. Yeah, people say, if you love what you do, you never work okay. a day in your life. I, it, that's the way I feel. Now, yeah. some days were longer than others. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> But at the end of the day, it was always good to come home and, and share stuff. It was stuff. And, it, and it's great seeing you and Mrs. Nagra uh, going to the weddings. You're always the most handsome couple in the crowd. Oh, you know, on, you, you just did a night. I got to give you that. <laughs> Uh, and and I and and you know I, I have to shout out Mrs. Sinagra who also played a very uh, important role you know uh, in this journey Huge. for me you know today Huge. you know I can reach out to her online and hey I need to know what snacks yeah. to give the kids to have some energy yeah. she hits me up and I remember yeah. I'll share the story about her when she was working with the team you know getting our numbers for body fat and things of that nature she was so worried about me. Because yeah. my, my, my body fat was so low. She's like, oh, gosh, you got to eat some peanut butter or do something because you're just going to get bruised up, you know. Uh, yeah. So love her. Love her. Love her. Just well, the greatest. You know, the, the nice thing about her, she's, she's been involved as a fan and, and as a support system. But never telling, you know, how to do this, how to do that, which is great. And I'll share a quick story with you. Uh, you know, she made cookies for everybody. No matter where we've been, uh, the defensive line, whoever gets sacks, and you know we have them all for dinner, whether it be a steak dinner or whatever. I thought I was going to go uh, get a part-time job when I was at Holy Cross every week. I would have them over. The steak was like, holy shit. <laughs> you know? But uh, I'll share a quick story yeah. with you. I had the opportunity, one of the best, best coaching experiences I've ever had. Uh, I coached at Norfolk State. And, you know, white, white face, 
all black school, but it, it was the most wonderful experience I ever had in my life. Mm -hmm. And what made it even nicer was those kids were very welcoming. They listened. They were good people. They, they wanted to go to school. They wanted to make better themselves. And they were great kids. But one thing they wanted, Lizzie would come down because we were living apart at the time. She would come down every Friday. And she made the mistake of making cookies one time. So they were up in the office. And they all came over and got the cookies. So now it's like, on Wednesdays, Mr. and I were bringing the cookies and she's come. It got to the point, James, where we finish <laughs> our meetings and they'd be outside the door before she even parked the car. Yeah. They'd be all waiting for the cookies. <laughs> but whatever, whatever, <laughs> mama got cookies. That's what they were saying. Whatever it took, but it made, it bonded those kids over something. And you know what? When we got to the football field, I didn't have to tell, you know, they, those kids balled out because they respected the fact they were treated like great human beings. It, it, there was nothing there but total respect and love for one another. And, that, and that's important. And people say to me, what's it like coaching a, a major at a visa at a black school? I, I said, it's the best because you know what? I got what you're looking for. I got great kids. I got great athletes. And the will to win is incredible. And it was, it was beautiful. Love it. it. Really you know, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm glad you shared that experience. I saw that on, on, on your bio and I was yeah. like, yeah, ask yeah. him about that. What was that like? And, you know, yeah. I'm following coach prime right now and what he's doing yeah. at Jackson state um, and, and getting those kids up and going and, you know, love it. You know, it's, it's a great thing. Um, football is football. You know, the, the great thing about coaching, just like, you know, I know it was related to business. I have a lot of business friends that I talk to all the time. I relate it to business because what he's doing there, the marketing part of it to get people to see, Hey, these schools are pretty good. You know, when you watch them on TV, Albany, uh, Alabama state or, you know, Jackson state or Norfolk state or wherever the, the kid, it's good football. And now what he's done, not that they weren't on the map before, because to me, uh, Eddie Robinson was the best coaches yeah. that ever lived. I, I used to watch him at conventions and, I would listen to him and what he did in that sand pit that he had as a football field with those cats and how many NFL dudes he had. And, and Prime's doing it now at the, uh, the, the upper echelon level, and he's just going to get better and better and better. I just hope that somebody doesn't come in and say, hey, how about coming to this place or that place? Because not that he wouldn't be good there, but I think he's yeah. good where he's at right now because he's getting – He's getting those kids recognized. He's getting the conference recognized. He's getting the whole, you know, they got a TV contract now. They got shoot contracts now. Something that, yeah, something that never happened before. But again, all it takes is a voice. All it takes is a guy to believe in the program. And, you know, it can't be that bad of a school when you have your son playing for it. Both two of them, right? (laughs) And I'm sure that, I'm sure that the little dude had had many opportunities to go a lot of different places, you know, but I, I think what he's doing and when you see him and, and, and Nick Saban, who I have the most respect for as a football coach, doing same commercials, there's no they, they, they need to put them together. But you know, you take two great, two great icons, you know, as a player and whatever else he did uh, before he became the coach, and you take Nick Saban. I mean, that, that's a big, powerful statement to make. Definitely, and, that, and that's important. And kids see that, and, and, and you know, want to make come out and play and, and do things better. But he has changed that level of football. And not just is that level, is that conference going to uh, uh, get stuff or, or, or be equated to, hey, this is great. But all the other 1AA schools, I think, are going to follow suit and say, hey, there's some great players here. And if you look at it every year in the draft, there's always three, four guys that go Couple. from yeah. those schools and they become 
you know, they, they beat out guys who drafted a second or third round. And that happens every year. So there's a, there's a reason why they do it. But I think he's done some great stuff. And that's good for you to follow him because I think he's going to, you know, he's a great human being, first of all. And for all the flash and all the glitter, I think his heart is as big as his, you know, the, the whole world. And he, he trusts to do the right stuff, which is good, which is really good. Coach, great. I always love to give my guest uh, the last word. Um, anything you want to give the audience, um, word of advice, piece of encouragement, you know, the floor is yours. I just, you know, and I've done a, I've done a lot of assessing the last year uh, since I sit on my, my wife bought me this beautiful recliner, James. It's like one and a half times the size of me. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's like, it's like being nestled by your mama when you sit and you get the big blanket. So I, I sit there and I watch a lot of football. She tapes every game for me. And, and I, but I also get a lot of chance to think she goes to bed early. I stay up. I'm a nightcat. You know me. Mm -hmm. I used to walk the halls to all hours of the day. Uh, but I, I've done a lot of reassessing and assessing. I, I look back and, and I'm saying to myself, you know what? All the things that bothered you, let it go. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was young, mm -hmm. because if you carry that baggage, it's only going to affect you down the road. And I'm at a place in my life. I don't, I love football. I don't need to be in football, but I love being around football. Uh, and, and that's important for you to understand because when you get to be a certain age, it's not about money. It's not about wealth. It's not about fame. It's, a, it's about being comfortable where you're at in your life and your accomplishments. I've never been, and I've told you guys this many times, there's a reason why it's called a rearview mirror. You look at it once in a while to see what's behind you. Because if you constantly look at that mirror as you're trying to go forward, you're never mm -hmm. going to get there, man. And I, I, I've lived my life. Once it happens, it's done. You know, people say to me, how many times you see that movie? Once. Only one time. Yeah, I, I saw the movie. It was great. I don't, well, I've seen it seven times. Well, good for you. I don't need to know verbatim what they said in the movie. It was a good movie. I'm good. I moved on. But it, 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 so as, a, as I assess, I say, okay, I've let go of a lot of things that bothered me. Mm -hmm. okay? And now I just worry about making it better for the rest of my life with my wife and I. And, you know, going to see kids, going to see football games, you know, being at a tailgate. Holy Mac, I've been to two tailgates. It's like, are you kidding me? People got lobster tails on yeah. there. They got steaks, yeah. cheese steaks. I'm like, where was it? My wife says, well, that's what we did at Temple every weekend. That's what we did at Georgia Tech. Every you, you were working. You were working. You know, they were up at 9 o'clock in the morning having mimosas wow. and doing what they're wow. doing. Yeah. But I guess those are the things. And, and, and live in the moment. You right. know, live your life. Try to live your life because you can't worry about what happened and why it happened. Because if you do that, you drive yourself crazy. Yeah. Just know that you're here now. And I wish I could tell you every kid that you call, say, if you call a hundred people, I guarantee you 80 would say coach Snarva did some great things. And 20 would say, well, I don't know if he helped me as much. Yeah. And you're always going to get that, but I'll take that. I'll take 80%. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. But if you worry about what you did or didn't do, because if you're worried about it, then you didn't do it the first time. Uh -huh. And if you didn't do it the first time, you can't change it now. So worry about what you did. Take care of business now and, and just move on and, and, and give a good good advice when people call. Like when you call my other guy, just give him good advice and say, hey, man, you know, just smile. Keep Because football has changed. Athletics have changed. Kids have changed. You know, when we were going through, when I was at Fordham with you guys, the biggest thing Q and I would talk about on the right in on a Monday or Sunday morning or Monday would be how many kids got arrested, how many guys with the bar that got in a fight, and, and, and you know, how many kids cut class on Friday. 
Those are now it's a whole different thing. You walk in, how many kids tested positive, uh, positive for COVID? Uh, the the name and image and likeness. I mean, I mean, this, as a head coach or as a position coach, you got to worry about a million things because when we had a room of receivers, all we talked about is a post pattern, a tenth pattern, a seventh pattern, this pattern. Now guys are checking their phone. Is my agent calling me for a name? I mean, it, it's a whole new world, and we have to navigate through it because if you don't, yeah, it's not going to be pretty, man. And and and. And, and better, smarter heads than mine have to prevail and say, okay, where are we going with this? Because it's going to affect the kids. You know, it's going to affect the kids. But that, did I answer your question? Because you, I just, you, I just you, love you, talking you, to you. You, you answered it, and I love talking to you. You know what I'm you. saying? Yep, I, I hear but you. But I just, yep, I, I just believe that at some point in time, all the things that happened to you, there's a reason why it happened. And the fact that you survived says something about you and says Millions. something about your support system. Yeah. Because there's yeah. many times when, you know, we won a championship at Stony Brook University. You know, we won the ACA, whatever title, gave us some ring and everything. And mm -hmm. as we're, they're marching us out, they gave us some ring and we were fired because they were, our coach retired and we were bringing somebody new in. And we just won a championship. So what do you say? Oh, man. Oh, thanks. To pick up your door prize on the way out. I mean, we just, but that's the way the business is. And you have to understand it is a business. You know, you might love the kids you're with and, and the next day something happens or, or next week or next year, something happens, you got to move on. But those are the little things you can't let bother you because if you let them bother you, they're going to bother you for the rest of your life. And, you know, kids today have a lot on their plate and you just want to help them navigate through And The best thing you can give advice you can give that kid is live the day. Live the moment because if you worry too much, you're never going to get to the next step. And that's that's just the way I feel. I mean, that's that's my philosophy. And look, this comes from a C student from the University of Rhode Island, one of the best hey, schools in the East Coast, if listen, I, as far as I'm concerned. What, what good school? You went on, got your master's, and you did all of that stuff. So you are a, a man who pursued education. Wait, wait, wait! <laughs> I did get my master's. If it wasn't for my wife typing in, I never, I never got my papers approved. <laughs> <laughs> coach, coach, uh, it's always a blast, you know, talking to you, catching up. Um, I really appreciate you being on the I show and sharing with the dads and, and the audience. Um, and if I appreciate you, you, man. If you ever need anything from me, you know where I'm at. If you ever come back east, yep. you know, we make the best pizza in the world. Yeah, you do. And you don't have to go to you know, all those famous places in New Haven or Brooklyn. You come here. Mama Sinagra's always got always got dough. Yeah. We don't have money in the refrigerator. We got dough. We got dough. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, you know, I'm going to take you up on that. Welcome. I'm going to take you up on that once we get back out. You know, I'd love to uh, introduce you to the loves of my life, my wife and, and my two girls. So um, you don't even have to ask me again. I, I, I'm, I'm on that one. So I will see you soon. Coach, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, and I'll talk to you soon. Love you and best of the family. Give them big hugs from us, right? Will do. Will do. Love you, man. Thank you for joining this episode of Fatherhood in Football, a Dad's Thing production. We're finding and embracing our roles in fatherhood is a journey and one that we do not have to do alone. Please join us next Thursday for our next episode and follow us on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook at A Dad's Thing for all your fatherhood-related content. You can also find our podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, and Radio Public.